Welcome to the Virgin Diabetic Podcast. My name is Denise Panzers, diabetes and holistic lifestyle coach. Type 2 diabetes is a disease that plagues over 115 million in the U.S. and hundreds of millions worldwide. I was one of those unlucky people to be diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and prescribed medication with four daily insulin shots. I was devastated. I realized, contrary to what everyone told me, I could reverse my diabetes, and my happy day was when I eliminated all medication and insulin and regained my health. Join me on this journey to learn and gain insight on reversing the effects of your diabetes. Well, welcome to episode 29, How to Stop the Spread of Diabetes, and we'll start with your food choices. Now, before we get to those food choices, I really think it's important we talk about a few other items. So we need to be able to talk about some math, right? We're going to talk about some numbers today. And I normally don't like to do that, but you know what? Every day there's talk about type 2 diabetes and year after year and decade after decade. And we're talking about the higher numbers. I'm kind of tired of it, aren't you? And aren't you tired of not getting your health back? So I remember feeling like where you probably are today, but I have to tell you, I came out the other side. It's a wonderful feeling getting control of your diabetes. And I don't mean control, but reversing it and having a better health outcome. Because I have more energy in my late 50s than I did in my mid-40s. So it's very possible to do. Now, as I said, I really don't like talking statistics and math all the time because it could get a little boring, but today we do have to dive into it before we can start talking about how you're going to look at your food choices. And I'll tie it all together for you, okay? Now, back in 1989, we'll only go back that far, we had about 6.3 million people in the U.S. with diabetes. Dial it up 10 years later, we had 11 million people, 11.1 million people. It took us about 10 years to add in roughly 5 more million people with that disease. Dial it up another decade later, 2009, we nearly doubled the number of diabetes patients to 20.2 million people. By 2010, we had 25.8 million diabetics in the U.S., Five years after that, in 2015, we were at 30.3 million. It only took five years to add on five more million people. And three years later, in 2018, we were up to 34.2 million people with diabetes. So in three years, we added 4 million more diabetes patients. Does that scare you? Because I got to tell you, looking at these numbers, it literally blows my mind. Now, we just spent 18 months in a pandemic, so we know that this really has been devastating for people with chronic disease like diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease. Now, while lives have been turned upside down during this pandemic, healthcare for many people has greatly deteriorated. So we're going to see what the fallout is with people with diabetes. Did the virus actually cause issues with the pancreas causing people to be diabetic. We're going to find that out at some point in the near future. But if we look back over the last decade, 2010, nearly 26 million people 
were diabetic. That was 8.3% of our U.S. population. Five years later, in 2015, it was 30 million people, 30.3 actually. That actually dialed it up to 9.5% of our population that had diabetes. And then three years later, we're at 34.2 million people. Now we're at 10.5% of the population that has diabetes. So what does this really mean? Why is it important for every one of us to understand? Because this disease is out of control. So now type 2 diabetes is on the rise among children and teens, among children and teens. What is going on? As of 2015, more than 5,700 children and adolescents between the ages of 10 to 19 were being newly diagnosed with type 2 diabetes each and every year. Physicians are more commonly seeing obese children, kids that are younger than the age of 10. Now, we're told that family history has a lot to do with it, and they want to know family history. But you know what? Based on these rising statistics and based on the eating patterns, I'm not convinced it's family history. I am completely convinced this is family lifestyle. There is a difference. So I'm going to pose this question to you for those of you that actually have children or you you have a hand in raising your grandchildren. Are you raising a future diabetic? Are you contributing to the problem, not only maybe for yourself, but for your kids, the kids of our future? Now, this is the part of diabetes disease that's growing at leaps and bounds Our families, our children are all coming into diabetes. And even if you don't see it in your childhood years or their childhood years, as young adults, we are seeing a surge of diabetes. And for many, they're just going to carry it through the rest of their lives. And so this is why these numbers are growing by leaps and bounds. So what I want you to do, we're going to talk about five basic things. So one, I want you to grab paper and pen. And if you're driving, you'll just have to come back and listen to it when you get back home and grab that paper and pen. I want you to do some work today. So my first question to you is, how do you eat? And what do I mean by that? Well, are you cooking at home? Are you dining out all the time? So let's say you are out all day, or maybe it's for work or it's however your schedule is, or maybe you're driving your kids from activity to activity. Either way, no excuse. So we're going to talk about what we can do when you're out all day. I want you to start packing some healthy snacks or meals. And I am not referring to going to the store shelves and grabbing that pack of uh, crackers that have peanut butter in them. That's not a healthy snack. I'm sorry. If you love peanut butter, well, we'll talk about that. You got to grab the one with no sugar in it, no sugar added, no extra oils. Let's stay as natural as possible. Maybe you're going to have that with an apple instead. But I'm guessing right now you're at a point where you really need to get further down the line in thinking about what you're doing with your food. So, you know, here's what I do when I'm out and about all day. I have a soft pack cooler and I add in some raw veggies, maybe some apple slices. You could bring a little peanut butter or almond butter with you to dip in there. That's great. I might bring a healthy, and I'm saying healthy, nutrient-packed protein shake. And that's something I can have while I'm driving. 
And I really want to enunciate healthy because there's a lot of these places you can go out there and get these shakes and juices, but they're just laden with sugar, sugar that you probably cannot handle and convert very effectively. Now, if you're running around with your kids, guess what? My answer and suggestion is the same. You have to do the same thing for everybody in your family. Everyone should work on improving habits over time collectively. So if we want a healthier family, we need to do that together. So if you're not doing much cooking, well, you need to start increasing that. It is part of the priority. Now, if you're buying pre-made frozen meals, I'm sorry, it really doesn't count for cooking because look at what's on there, you know, on the package. You've got a lot of high sodium. There's probably a bunch of ingredients and even preservatives in there that you wouldn't have if you were cooking fresh foods at home. So I'm not asking you to turn your world upside down today. I'm asking you to start making small changes, tiny habits, right? So let's say you currently cook three times a week. Then for the next four weeks, I want you to start cooking four times a week for a month. Do that for one month. And if you're successful in doing that, then the following month, I want you to make that five times a week. And you start building those healthy habits. Now, I'm sharing this as a very important first step because this is going to put control back in your hands on what you are going to be eating every day. You can't control what someone else is cooking for you. Now, number two, this is a very popular question I get, and people are always telling me, I just don't know what to eat and I don't know what to make. So I do have some recipes um, for you. You can grab them. No charge for them. They're out on my website at reversemydiabetes.net. Uh, you'll find some buried in the article section as well. But go grab some of those recipes. Start playing with different foods. You know, we do things like I gave up potatoes. I love potatoes. They don't love me anymore, but I was able to swap out cauliflower. Now, for those of you who don't like cauliflower, there's ways that we can make it and get the, you and the family to love it. Trust me, there is enough ways we can make changes to foods that maybe you're like, eh, not my favorite. We can do it. Now, number three, keep it simple. Again, don't turn your world upside down to start with. Keep it simple. I want you to start with foods that you are like. Now, if you're like me and you love something like Brussels sprouts, Okay, make Brussels sprouts. Maybe you forgot about them. Bring them back into your life. You know, chop them in half, heat them up in a skillet, let them caramelize, put a little salt and pepper in there. It's easy. It's quick. It's not something that takes a lot of time. You could even bake them in the oven and season them. Now, if you're the one out there saying, oh, Denise, I hate those things, I'm going to make it real simple for you. Don't eat them. Don't even try to eat them today. Wait. Because in the future, as you start making changes, your palate will change. And you might surprise yourself on the foods that you start incorporating down the road that you didn't think you would as of today. Now, number four, I definitely want you to start writing down the list of foods that you really do love to eat. What are the first things that come to mind? Just jot them down. Now, I think you already have an idea overall what may be healthy. You might not get it right on all the foods that you're jotting down, but you know what? Let's just get you started. Maybe foods you haven't had for a while, you didn't think about, get them on the list, things that you used to like. And then, you know, 
how many foods are you jotting down? This should just come straight from the top of your head. Don't make it difficult. Now, how about for those of you who put out there like, hey, I love cheeseburgers and that's on your list. You know, let's go with that for a minute. I love cheeseburgers too. Now, I had to make some modifications. You know, I'll be honest. Um, in the beginning, when I started down this path of making changes, I was really opposed to ditching the bun because I thought it was part of the whole burger experience. But I wanted to make changes so I could get off a of medication and insulin. And it's because of the changes I made, I was able to ditch all of that and control my glucose naturally. So I stopped the bun or having the bread with it. And you know how I did that? I actually started thinking about it as meatloaf. I could put it on my plate and then I can build on it. So I started putting it on um, some spinach leaves and then I would put toppings on there. If you like a little cheese, put a little cheese on there. If you like grilled onions, we'd saute red and green peppers, cucumber slices I would put on there. Just think of the things that you really like to put on top of it. And now you look at it, you're like, whoa, there's something that has a lot of flavors that are going to come out with that. I don't need the bun. So um, that's what I make at home. I keep it easy and maybe I'll put another veggie on the side with it, vegetables that I like. And when I go out to a restaurant, if I'm going to order a burger, I basically ask for the same thing. So we're keeping it easy. What you're going to do at home, we want you to do when you're going out as well. Keep it easy. Don't make it difficult. I think that's part of our problem. I know I made it difficult in the very beginning. And I would get frantic if I had to go somewhere out to eat or go to someone's home. And finally, I'm like, I can't drive myself and everyone else crazy. I've got to dial it down. I got to take a breath and let's just do one step at a time. And when I did that, it really made a world of difference. I knew I couldn't make all my changes in one day. So don't try to. Now, number five, carbohydrates, right? Most of these are going to be coming from grains, unless you're getting processed foods and desserts and all of that. But typically, if you're staying away from that, your carbohydrates are going to come from mostly your grains. So wheat, um, quinoa, corn, things like that. It could be other grains that you might be having as well. But you know, those are the common ones that I'm kind of talking about today. And then you're also going to get them from beans and legumes. So think about some of that. You know, for me, I had to ditch wheat because wheat does not love me personally. For some of you, now this is all going to depend on where you currently are in your diabetes today. Where are your glucose levels regularly? This is going to help you decide, do you need to avoid some of these foods for a while? Or is it okay to have just a very small amount and not overdo it? So, that answer is going to be different for each and every one of you. So if there's hundreds of you that are listening to me today, which I know there are, then this answer is going to be different for each and every one of you. I'm not giving you a blanket statement because it's not going to work for each and every one of you. So glucose outcomes will be different. You need to think about personalizing things for yourself. Meals should be very personalized if you want to look to reverse your diabetes. If you're looking for somebody to just hand you a list of what to eat, you really need to run the other way because there can be a whole host of food issues that you might not even be aware of that are going to make it rough for you 
to see continued improvement. So one of the things I do want to throw out there for you is to be able to personalize your menu. Your care overall has to be personalized. You cannot think of this as a whole group option. Personalized, personalized, personalized. That's what you need to start thinking about. So until you commit to learn more, try foods, cook for yourself, and set a path that's about your health, we cannot collectively stop diabetes in its track. But when everybody starts taking that step in that direction, be conscious of what you're eating. Think about what you're choosing at the grocery store. Is it fresh? Is it frozen? Now, frozen veggies are fine. Is it packaged products? You know, what are you selecting? Can you prioritize and get more control of the food that you and your family are consuming? Now, if you've been listening to my podcasts over time, then you know I'm straightforward with you. I'm not going to pull back punches. I'm going to tell you the way it is. I'm not much for sugarcoating. Well, hmm, sorry, (laughs) no pun intended there. But I am here to share with you based on my personal experience of reversing my diabetes, getting off a medication and insulin, and those of my clients who do the same, who are successful in reversing type 2 diabetes, that you have to be in it to win it. So it starts with a commitment to yourself. It starts with a commitment to your family. You don't want to see your children grow up with this. So as I mentioned, feel free, go to reversemydiabetes.net, get a few recipes that I've got posted out there to just kind of help you get started and look at some things a little bit differently. You know, I feel like I'm being stingy if I don't even start in my own backyard and show my own family how to think about eating healthy. I don't want to see people in my family get diabetes as they become adults. So our children learn from us. Poor eating habits, and that's really what they are. Habits are learned at home. Home is the place where we have the most control in creating a healthy life. And then it carries over to when we're out and about. So I want you to remember, we have a personal stake in our own health and the health of our families. So you absolutely can participate in stopping the spread of type 2 diabetes by starting with some simple food choices. I wish you the best of health. Thank you for joining me today. New episodes are released on the first and third Wednesday each month. For more information or a free consultation, visit reversemydiabetes.net. Follow me on Instagram, The Virgin Diabetic, and on Facebook, Reverse My Diabetes. I wish you the best of health.